today's episode of the show is brought to you by our friends at Bandzoogle. Bandzoogle is built by musicians for musicians. It's an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. Uh, I would know I'm working on a, uh, a site over at Bandzoogle as well right now, and it's really easy to make, and you can get everything uh, up and running pretty quickly from hosting a custom domain name. Uh, you got dozens of fully customizable design templates and tools to sell your music and merch commission-free, which we love to hear as musicians. Uh, there's commission-free crowdfunding, fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your audience, social media integration, and live support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. So if you want to support the show, and if you want to help yourself while you're at it, direct support podcast listeners can go to bandzoogle.com can try it free for 30 days and use the promo code direct support all one word to get 15% off the first year of any subscription that's banzoogle.com promo code direct support banzoogle don't you come at me with your one of three because i need direct support i don't even care about the fee i just need direct support opening the night might as well put us on death row no one even knows what time is the start of the show and you can call the venue just to get a message with all the wrong info you're just relying on people to show up early to watch a band they don't even know that's psycho Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. My name is Peter Shrupp. Welcome to Direct Support. This is my podcast. I host it and I speak with musicians who rip and uh, and today is no exception. Um, I hope you're doing well. I'm so wiped, but uh, I'm, I'm recording this very late in the evening on Sunday night and um, we've, we've just tracked drums for 12 songs. Uh, myself and Matt went in the studio with our buddy Derek Ted, alumnus of the show, and Matt just ripped it through 12 whole songs on drums, and he crushed. It was awesome, and, and we're just happy to be working on so much stuff. Um, things are really moving right along here. I've got uh, I've got guests booked out through June on the podcast. We're coming up on the one-year anniversary of the show. We're also coming up on episode 50, and I'm going to tr- try and make those as special as possible. Um, now, you might have noticed by the title of the show, we're going to do a re-release episode today uh, with one of my favorite guests, Briston Maroney. Um, Brisson just dropped a new record called Sunflower. It's 10 tracks. It's awesome. It's out everywhere now. And I really think you, uh, you'll enjoy this episode. So if I have any new people joining us this week, thank you so much. Welcome. Uh, do me a favor, share this show with a friend who, who likes Briston or, uh, or music at all. That's cool too. Um, anybody who is returning or just anybody, uh, if you want to help the show, it would really help out if you gave us a five-star review or a rating on iTunes um, Apple music that really helps if you subscribe, just keep up with the show, you know, uh, share it and, uh, you can, you know, send me a DM at DS with PS at gmail.com. Excuse me. That was an email address. I'm an idiot or a DM at uh, direct support pod on Instagram. Uh, anything you want to hear on the show, any guests you'd like me to reach out to, I'm working on some of those, uh, as we speak, but, uh, anyway, without further ado, Please enjoy uh, Freaking Out on the Interstate by Briston Maroney. We got a cool acoustic version before we launch into the episode. And uh, some of you might have heard this one before, but, uh, you know, it's worth another 
another uh, listen. It was definitely spooky for me to listen to myself uh, interviewing a, a little bit, uh, you know, about a year ago, because I like to think I've gotten better at it, but uh, it always helps to have delightful guests like Briston who can, who can uh, make it fun regardless. I've yammered on too much. Here's Briston. You. laptop um from this guy who like resells laptops 
Um, I met him at a McDonald's in Lenore City, Tennessee. Nice. And he had bought this from this person named Unsuk, who was like, I'm not sure what country she was from, but looks she was like a pottery me. artist. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. You appear to be frozen. Uh-oh. Am I back? Yeah, I think you're Shit. back. Well, your face isn't, but your sound is. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. It's horrible. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> it's all right. So... Yeah, she's like a pottery person. The whole laptop is like covered in clay. Um, oh god! So it like sucks 100. <laughs> percent But if you move, someone told me not to move one time, and I think they were just fucking with you. Busting my shots. I think they were just giving me a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I think it does like lag a little bit when you move, but it can't be that big a deal. It's you know. I'll just move. I'll move super slow. So I when think I we eat have. This <laughs> I think we have the lethal combination of two shitty computers. I'm always scared that mine's going to crash because, yep. like, the second it's open, the fan's like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, this dude downloaded, like, this little thing on here that tells you if it's, like, running properly and stuff. I don't know anything about computers. Me and it has never once – it shows, like, a happy face or a frowny face. Yeah. It has been a fr- <laughs> since I bought it. It's horrible. <laughs> That's funny, yeah. Mine, mine tells me uh, how much, like – I, I want to say Ram. I want to say Ram. I'm yes. not sure. Mine says that on there. I don't, I don't okay. know what that is. I avoided saying it because I didn't know what it was. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's more embarrassing too because my dad works in, in the field of computers. But, oh, no. So you yeah. should have it on Pat, dude. It's but I got nothing. No. <laughs> and uh, and it's just always at the minimum amount possible. Yes. I understand. <laughs> I understand. Um, but thanks for doing this, dude. Dude, I'm sorry I rolled in a few minutes late. Thank you. Oh, for no worries me. at all. Um, that's fine. I uh, do. You, are you enjoying the backdrop of my childhood bedroom? Are you at home right now? I sure am. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah, I've got the black and white Bob Dylan, and then this picture, this pencil <laughs> sketch of me as a football player. That's great. Did you play football? <laughs> I did when I was little. I was like this size when I was like twelve. So oh, that's huge. It was helpful when I was yeah. like. But then you turn fourteen, and everyone gets bigger than this. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not good what do you have going on uh i'm doing this you know and i'm and i'm writing and i'm and i'm we just put out a single last week and that's going well and yeah um, that's exciting honestly i'm i'm playing a lot of basketball because i'm watching that bulls documentary and there's a hoop outside (laughs) yeah Yeah, i understand i always i like watch sports documentaries just because i like how passionate they get (laughs) and then like i want to play basketball again yeah Yeah. it's it's more like getting high off of the the notion of redemption right (laughs) yes exactly yeah dude i will watch remember the titans is one of my favorite movies but just because of the comeback it's crazy (laughs) yeah i'm not a football guy i'm a basketball guy i do like basketball so for me it's like coach carter i'll watch him yell at them forever you know oh dude (laughs) they learned so much from him projecting his own trauma on them that's That's exactly right (laughs) <laughs> yeah nobody talks about how like these coaches these coaches that are super inspiring are actually just berating people because he never made it himself right <laughs> no dude he's a coach like, yeah <laughs> he would be out there he would be in the jordan documentary if he earned mm-hmm. it but you know <laughs> but arguably doing more important things helping these young kids so uh, hard to say what are you up to what's what's what do your days look like dude right now i'm just trying to see who all's on that poster behind you? Oh, dude. Which superheroes? I got... Like? This is a Justice League poster, so we got... Okay. 
Perfect. From from left to right, it's Black Canary, Superman, Batman, right. Wonder Woman, and uh, Green Lantern. You know, so it's really basic. <laughs> you almost did that from memory. <laughs> you almost didn't have to look back at the poster. Yeah, you got to understand, uh, you know, I haven't lived here for seven years, but but the posters didn't change before that for, for a good four. No, but you've... <laughs> Yes, I completely understand. Yeah, I took down a bunch of mine. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. This whole wall is all old Coachella posters. Oh which my helped, god, dude, that's crazy. Which helped me, um, which helped me like learn every band. You know, if I was bored, I would just look somebody up. Dude, I bet. Yeah, there's like an infinite. Do you think you've listened to every band on that on those posters? Not even close. Maybe like like, I want to say like sixty percent. Okay, so like Portugal <laughs> the man. Um, <laughs> And then just stop there. Yeah, <laughs> they're just on like, every post. Yeah, yeah. If you keep it to like uh like Kings Leon, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and Rage Against the Machine, they've played like half of them, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes, dude. That's how I felt. I'm from Tennessee, so growing up and seeing the Bonnery lineup, like I knew who Wilco was for like ten years without listening to their music ever. <laughs> I just knew that they were always at Bonnaroo. Wilco's Wilco's the perfect example of. Well, first of all, playing Bonnaroo as like their, you know, resident uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> festival. We're back. Yeah. But also like the band that, that every band you like loves Wilco and it takes you forever to actually give them a shot, you know? I know, dude. And then once you give them a shot, it's another like potentially multiple year process before you're like, oh, okay, this is good. Dude, it took me, it took me reading the book to really get into it because I read his book a hundred percent same i read there's one um i have it over there it's it's called learning how to die mm-hmm. uh it's like someone greg cott uh wrote it and it's like another it's basically the tweety book just not written from his perspective so it's a lot more like oh cool but it's a lot more like rock and roll like drama kind of thing so it's like it's entertaining, but Jeff Tweedy would just be like, yeah, my life was not that good. And then it was good. And then it's okay. But like in this book, they're like, Wilco was getting by on pizza crust and beer and the grit of their fingernails. Like it's so much more like. And, fight, and fighting you. nightly over for that spotlight between the two. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, yes. The whole first half of that book is all about that. Yeah, but that's so funny. Yeah, because his is definitely like, yeah, man, it was super tough, and we liked, we liked how much our van broke down, and now I, my son plays drums for me. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's so much more like what a normal person would say. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that was that was what happened to me too. Is like, I love them now, but it really, really was hard work, yeah. and it was other people convincing me and me being like, I'm sure you're right, dude. Yes, same. I listen to them so many times without enjoying it and then finally it clicked one day but God. so much time not enjoying it <laughs> i feel like i'm sharing a secret like we're we're you know oh i know safe place to express else, that i don't know if you can release this dude i don't know if people <laughs> can know that i said that <laughs> yeah, we'll have to send you the episode earlier and you're like leave in anything that i did that was a bad person thing but take out that wilco shit right but take out though i don't care if i just offended everyone in the entire world but i can't let if jeff tweedy sees this and he wants me dead i'm you're gonna hear from my lawyer it's okay you just tell him it's yun suk it wasn't you <laughs> yeah like, that wasn't me i because if i turn off the video like look at that <laughs> that is so funny dude. that's great oh man 
so so you're you usually live in Nashville, correct? I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've lived in Nashville for four years. Yes, I lived in Nashville for four years. Um, I'm in Knoxville right now, mm-hmm. um, which is where my parents live. So I'm also in my high school bedroom. I just I literally just got back from Florida. I went and saw my mom. Oh, cool. I didn't, like go take a crazy trip, but I she's lived down there for ten plus years. So yeah, I just I drove up there um, for Mother's Day just for like a quick trip, and then um, yeah, dude, I've been but I've been hunkered down for a minute. I've been like, I've not seen anybody in so long. Yeah, you and Nancy, it's getting nuts. It's yes. getting, it's getting yeah. kind of insane. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Yes. Yeah, man. Where are you at? Well, I I live in LA usually, okay. and I grew up in in San Diego, so it's not too bad. Yes. It's it's pretty close, and I actually go my my band's still up there, and so I will go like take care of merch orders and and uh, oh, cool. you know like we'll do like you know live streams just because I guess we you know I guess live streams right now you know. <laughs> isn't that the thing that we do now that's like what life is yeah i guess <laughs> i don't love it it's so crazy, dude it's crazy how has that worked with um multiple members of a band like is that i'm sure that's tough like it's tough it's fine i mean we live together so it's not you know so it's like not too nuts do you guys still have the the place that you lived or did you guys have to move out no, no, we still live there. Um, oh, my, my other singer, Chris, is there full-time. He's not going home because, you know, okay. I guess he just doesn't want to see his parents right now and maybe do anything. But, um, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's fine. It's, like, kind of weird. We were so stoked and we were doing all these demos when it first hit. Right. And we it was, like, cranking. And then we got a little burnout and a little space. Because it's L.A., man. There's no space. Dude. And... Oh my lord! Yeah, I just pieced out, and and I'm yeah, honestly, yeah. it's a different like it's a different balance of like keeping you sane at home. I think. Um, yes, it's a whole <laughs> different list of things because you get so used to like tolerating the crap from like just dumb shit that your other like nineteen to twenty two year old friends do, <laughs> and you like spend so much of your youth trying to figure out how to not hate that and then <laughs> you come back home and it's like now you're like having to have formal conversations with like a 48 year old yeah man who also <laughs> you so it's like very confusing completely yeah. different yeah, you go you go you know at home if i want to go and home being where i live now right at home right. if i want to go to my room and like just watch tv and be alone yeah i can do that but here i gotta be more polite because you raised me yes Oh, I respect you for saying that because most <laughs> people are not, they don't want to play the polite game, but that is a very telling sign that you're a good person. That's, <laughs> I did that at first for like the first few weeks. I was very like, I was like, man, I want to be so respectful of my parents' home and was using phrases like my parents' home. And now <laughs> like I've been borderline like door slamming, you know, just like, yeah. Oh, there's like, who ate the last of the Captain Crunch? I, ah, and then you slam the door. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I guess that was an issue in my life before. Yeah, I, I think I think it just puts you right. You know, like I'm back in this this room. I think it just puts you back to that level of maturity instantly. Yes, literally, <laughs> dude. It like takes a physical toll on you. I just like the way I've described it in a couple of different conversations is like, you know, when you're a kid and you like come home 
from school and you're like laying on the floor because like you have a, a bed that you're able to lay in but you just want to lay on the floor for some reason and you're like watching a movie on your laptop or like playing on your phone and you're just like doing weird things with like your feet yes like you know what I mean? when you're just laying there like that's the best way i can think to describe who i am now like <laughs> just laying there like zoned out into something just kind of like playing with my facial hair and just like being way too comfortable in a place <laughs> my 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 move is the feet straight up on a wall you know yeah oh my god yes oh i know all too well <laughs> so funny. Yeah. i just like yeah i'll look down and be like i've never laid like this like why am i like crisscrossed right now on the floor in like gym shorts i'm terrible dude that's the other thing too is i i can't believe i'm gonna let this be recorded but I don't need to wear underwear what, anymore. So I'm at like oh, 50% wow. on, on days. That's not what I expected. It's just gym shorts most days. Okay. Oh, okay. I thought you meant nothing. I thought you meant just like 100% open. Um, yeah, that would be okay. a wild move at home. <laughs> yes, that would be super bold. I mean, it'd be a power. It would be an assertion of how your comfort, you'd make that very clear. Um, I, yeah, I've just like, forced myself to put on clothes because the first month I was like sweatpants and this one uh t-shirt I have that just says McLovin across it from Superbad. Oh that's uh, and now it's a good shirt, I will say. That's I a pr- that's a premium shirt. The only thing better would be to have the license plate on the back, you know? I have I have a copy, don't worry. Uh <laughs> but I like started making myself wear clothes. Like I would wake up and when I wake up I was like, I literally have to put shoes on in my house because, like, if I have to give myself any sort of illusion that I'm like, now the day like started, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, I'm lucky. The only thing I have going for me, <laughs> the only way that I'm making any money right now, is is that every day I'm working for a preschool. I'm teaching Spanish and music classes for preschool. What? You're teaching a foreign language to kids. Yes. <laughs> But so what that means is I have a class Monday through Friday. Wow. At 11 a.m. You're kidding. So the very worst, I have to like be prepped by 10:30 to teach them about you know how to say la vaca is a cow. You know by 11. That's crazy. (laughs) That makes everything I do look like a sin. That's amazing, dude. How it's 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 great. Are you (laughs) fluent in Spanish? Yeah, my mom's from Guatemala wow dude that's amazing yeah yeah that's so that's why you know my my dad's german so i came out looking like this but uh <laughs> dude, that's, jewish you yeah know? <laughs> hey that's how it goes man i guess that's what happens that's so amazing though that's crazy were you doing that before um yes okay were you, but you were doing it i'm assuming at the school yes okay exactly so when we're not on the road, I drive around LA and I teach Spanish and music to little kids. Hey, that's unreal. And, uh, and it's the perfect job because when I leave, there's plenty of subs or they just don't have a teacher for a few months and they all seem to be cool with it. So yeah, um, <laughs> that's awesome. Kids, I feel like that's a good age where kids aren't going to get mad at you. <laughs> like they're pretty down to just be there and you're their spanish teacher who comes once a week and sings them songs so they're like mr peter's here fuck yeah <laughs> like exactly you're like literally like a fairy like you just show up and you're like <laughs> sprinkling joy and then it's set yeah. time and then they're good to go 
But anyway, that's been giving me the pass to be like, all right, I can wear basketball shorts for the rest of the day. It's cool. Like, yeah. Dude, you don't have to – you could wear a kimono and walk around barefoot for the next five years for the amount of kind things that you're doing for children. That's, you've earned that, right? I think I'm just going to start wearing my kimono tomorrow. I think that's – I'm in. Fine. That's, if, I, if mine wasn't at the cleaners right now, I would have it on. But I can't – you're. I'm letting you interview me right now. That's not. That's no good. I'm having fun. This is good. <laughs> good. Well, I, the thing is, I want to interview Briss and Maroney, but different. Can I do that? <laughs> Absolutely. He's here right now. <laughs> that is my favorite. Dude, what I love about what you're doing, man, is the effort going into that bit is like really thank astronomically. <laughs> I Thank you. That's like, I have to give that a lot to my creative partner, Andrew Tofano, who is doing that stuff. We started doing that together. Um, so really the only one I've been a part of was the first one. Okay, that's amazing. And then I thought it was funny. And then I still think it's funny. Yeah. But Andrew really took creative control, which willingly I was like, just do it. I trust your vision. And then within like two weeks, he's like <laughs> cranking out these remixes. And like some of them I literally didn't hear. I would just look on Spotify and be like, okay, there's one called Tokyo Drift now. (laughs) I didn't even know existed. And the Squeakle as well, correct? The Squeakle is great. Yeah. I didn't hear that one before it happened though. (laughs) I didn't know these happened. Okay. Do you want to explain this? Should I explain it? Do you want to? (laughs) I would Um, like to hear you try to explain it. Okay. So here's what happened. Or just your take. So I I listen to you anyway. So I'm searching you on Spotify. And what I find is uh, when you search Briston Maroney, the second artist available is Briston Maroney, but different. And uh, and when you click on him, he's got, first of all, a pretty high amount of monthly listeners, which is great. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's like literally does not make sense to me. Like it does not, there's no sense. And there's this one track that it sounds like you recorded uh, called, wait, is Mouse... Mouse in my brain. I Mouse think in my the brain. Name of the song. That's mm-hmm. that's the original song with an original piece of artwork, and yes. then uh, I guess what Andrew has done is take that song <clears throat> and run it through like the Rick and Morty multiple dimensions machine. <laughs> <laughs> he puts out uh, different variations of the same song, either a remix or a cover that uh, yes. either has the same lyrics or is full uh, J-pop. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing yeah, it's, it's the, uh, such a good bit thank you we um it definitely became so much more than we expected it to it was like i think my favorite aspect of it he's like such a like bit guy like mm-hmm. we love stuff that like you can look back a year later and be like the amount of effort we put into this at the time was like just makes it that much funnier to us <laughs> i appreciate you saying that thank you for listening to it well, dude, that's what I, that's what I love about it, is you, you committing to something that yes. is is like it's kind of fun. it's like when you see a stand up and they they repeat something over and over again, and it's like yeah, funny the first time, not funny the second time, the third time it's funnier because because it, it's just it happened, yeah, yeah, and then you're dying on every breath yeah, dude. after. Yes, a thousand percent. That's <laughs> like our entire intention of it, and we love like seeing how quickly we can do that stuff too. So like we have timed it from the time that we came up with the song to the time that we recorded like mastered it uploaded it online and had a music video for it 
which oh, I don't know video. if you've seen that yet. I didn't know there's a video. It's choreographed dancing. Oh, yes. Uh, it was literally like four hours total that we did <laughs> all of that. <laughs> and who's doing the cover? Um, Our friend Joey. Andrew and I took the picture in his bedroom where we were uh-huh. recording it. And then our friend Joey Broadnax uh, has been working on the art. He's been doing all the different versions. Okay, so Joey, I was going to ask you about, because you work with him on these videos, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes, dude. Yo, tell me about that. Because first of all, they're all awesome and they're all very different but there's so many there's like there you almost have a video per track it's so sick for sure thank you man thanks for watching them i uh i that's another thing that i can't take like any credit for like joey is just so um unique in his ability to like be so separate in everything that he creates at the pace that he creates it so like i he was one of the first people i i met I guess I met him right before I moved to Nashville mm-hmm. uh, in, in Knoxville really randomly and then ended up um, two years later looking for a place to live in Nashville and ended up moving into a house that he lived in. So we shared a wall um, in this house and we just see each other every day and like just got into this routine of like, you know, we were both working weird hours and like doing weird things, but we would always end up at at home at the same time both like looking for something to do and what was your what was your weird job at the time then i was working at this one wasn't that weird i was a host at a like a really swanky restaurant called pinewood social that's one of those good jobs actually oh dude it was killer i was i hosted it was like pretty decent money but i had to work the morning shift so i had to get there at like 5 30 so Joey and I would just do ridiculous things like and just film all this crazy stuff and then I would like show up to work with like makeup on still from the videos and stuff and like it definitely the two bled together <laughs> a little much but yeah dude I mean we just developed this like friendship that was really really strong and I think I like I've never felt that comfortable creatively around somebody um like even with music like making those videos with Joey is just they're he puts zero rules in place. So it's so fun to know that I can act completely on impulse. And like the ideas are, are usually just like dumb little sentences in my head that I'm like, you know, say this really broad thing. And then an hour later, Joey's like, get in the car. We're going to this place where I have this idea. And it's, it's so like just reactionary. And it's like, I'm just so freaking lucky to get to like, make art that way that's fucking beautiful that's the synergy that you hope for because there's when you're doing that stuff it's so quick to be like like i'm gonna drop this idea never mind that's stupid like that's how that yeah. can feel a lot especially when you know like acting and being like i need to you know be a front man or do a thing right yes. now is yeah. terrifying and so if you can feel free enough to where i like it sounds like at this point like the stupid idea is encouraged because you can build on that more than like trying to be cool guy oh yeah yes a thousand percent dude like he just like has put me in so many situations where i've realized i feel so much more comfortable doing something that is not like the go-to solid it's not like the right thing you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like 
we've never had the like moment where he's like, dude, we should walk down the street in a leather jacket, like <laughs> the guitar. There's a guitar in the song. Like, he's like, no, I want to make you uncomfortable and like see how you handle the situations. He never, I mean, of course he's like, it's not like locking me in a like room with no windows. And then, no, I don't think that's, <laughs> I don't think that's how that comes across. <laughs> no, he, he's just so like, have you ever worn a dress, like wear a dress and see how weird that makes you feel and then react that way. And like, something's going to come out of it. So like, yeah, he's just so willing to like turn those failures into moments that are superhuman. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and what did I see? Um, cause I went down the rabbit hole. I did a little bit of digging and, uh, oh, nice. yeah. And I, I loved all of it. And there's some stuff that's like a through line, you know, where like, yes, you guys did the video, you guys did an old video. And then you brought some of those visuals back when, when it's like the family, everybody's looking and the kid running outside. Right. Yeah, dude, that was all Joey. He like, we had the EP, the Indiana EP. That's great. Um, great EP, by the way. That's the one that, that really made you. me fall in love. I love. Oh, dude. Uh, that's uh, so sweet, man. Small talk and fool's gold blew me away. And those are the ones that like really got me. So yeah. Oh, dude, that's too freaking sweet. That means a lot. <laughs> I, I'm super stoked with everything we got to do with that that little EP. But yeah, man. I mean, it was like, it was four songs, so like a super achievable way to like, because we talked about doing like a short film kind of thing for it. But mm-hmm. um, I really love how we ended up doing a video for each song. Um, but like threading them through into like we wanted it to be kind of just this world that everything was in maybe not just like a single image that went through the entire timeline but like how strange it would be that like once you start watching a video that he's directed that you just like you know that certain rules apply in this universe you know what i mean yes um like he did that really effortlessly which is like and just very like you just kind of understand it once you're there even if you don't understand it you know what i mean yeah no they um, they all felt they all felt like really cohesive and and uh and it's it's a hard thing to achieve like uh chris who i mentioned the other singer in my band uh he he co-directed uh two of our music videos and we don't have that many but uh our two main music videos like from one ep that like i sing one of the songs he sings the other one and and we really try to do like a through line where it felt like a movie because there was like you know kind of my version was like my song was like the nighttime version of the same little story and we did like the day after with him singing and and we're you know it's just one of those things you put it out and you go visually they're mirrors i hope people get it we try to mirror stuff a lot and like and it's one of those things where you like make the story enormous in your mind and it's rare that's like you hope the audience reads it right i'm but it came through is is what i'm getting to sure Well, thank you, man. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you obviously understand that, like how hard that can be. Like <laughs> it's a pain. Yeah. It's, it, dude, nothing's, nothing sucks more than like trying to do that and just like missing the mark. It's like, cause we, we tried so many things where they were like narratives or something like that, where it just like didn't completely happen, you know? And like with a music video, it's, it's really tough um when you when that thread just like doesn't quite connect so that's awesome that i've seen it i've seen it too you don't you don't like uh yeah i don't know it's 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 hard it's hard when you like watch something miss and you go, well it still it still counts let's do it but you know i don't know i think uh yeah, yeah. i think <laughs> sure. uh, there's plenty of leeway because at least you know when you realize like music videos are just kind of a collection of visuals like 
I don't know. You guys have you guys have some cool triumphs, and the garden one is insane. By the way, the new one, dude. Thank you. It's nuts. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That one uh, was my probably my favorite one. Thanks, dude. Uh, I was scared that Joey was not going to come back uh, from that one, and like it was all. I mean, a majority of it was in VR. So like he got this VR headset. Um, he bought it for his mom mm-hmm. um, for like her birthday. And then he tried it out before he gave it to her um, and then ended up like not giving her that one. <laughs> he went and bought her another one because he just wanted to hold on to the one he had. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, dude. He just like went in this VR world and just like he designed all of the visuals like with these two little joysticks just by hand, just like, I mean, it was like three or four days of him not taking that thing off and like unreal, just so much fun. Yeah. I'm exhausted. Just thinking about that, dude, it's terrifying. VR is weird too, man. I have some strong feelings on that stuff. Please, dude, I, I agree with you. I think there's something to it where you're like, these edges aren't real and this whole world seems to be, profitable and i am just gonna let reality steer because i don't really get what's up (laughs) i don't know man you just so quickly forget that you've like been alive for 20 years you're like in there you're like in virtual reality and then like a giant spider will like walk by you or something and like so much faster than you would think your brain is like yeah this happens like get used to it you know what i mean like it's so odd how fast your mind will just like suction cup to the idea of what is actually going on. It scared me, dude. <laughs> it shook me. I've experienced it one time and what the, the, the situation was, this is weird. So me and my bassist, Colin, we, we were in the same major uh, recording arts majors in college and we went and visited. This is awesome. But we went to like Warner brothers studios and we went and like saw a bunch of the different studios. So we saw like Foley artists and then we saw people like, you know, uh, like uh, orchestras getting recorded and stuff. And one of the lots mm-hmm. was closed down for a VR convention and they let our whole class check everything out. Dude, no, that's crazy. <laughs> so was we just, insane? we tripped out for like an hour and a half in VR world after, after having seen the Baywatch movie get orchestration <laughs> done. I swear. <laughs> Oh, that's the last thing I thought you were going to say. That's that's like, this is one of the best days of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's perfect. I never thought about the time that went into that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think we saw it. I think it was that one take that we saw, and they're like, wrap it up. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, this is not. They're like, guys, we didn't need to be here today. That's right. Come be- at me, Baywatch. <laughs> yeah, truly. I'll I'll shit talk Baywatch all day. Honestly, I had fun. We watched it afterwards, and it was pretty good. <laughs> A bunch of my friends went and saw it. Uh, I was out of town, and I remember being really bummed. Uh, and they all like got drunk before or something. And then I called them afterwards and was like, "How was it? Like, I wish I would have been there." And they were like, "Dude, no amount of substances could have eased the pain of that movie. <laughs> like, that was really good." <laughs> yeah, like, they were like, <laughs> Damn. Uh, all right. I guess I should roll it back and talk about music at some point, although I'm enjoying all this. Do that. This is great. <laughs> Sorry. I know. I'm just like rambling. So. Tangents are tangents are good. I think they're better. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I'm going to roll it back to when I first met you, heard about you. We uh, we played the same showcase at South By. At South By, yeah. I love it. I love Go. And 
I missed your set because we played at the same time because there were two stages. We were on the oh, roof. Oh shit! Yeah, I we remember that. And you guys were downstairs, mm. and all my friends. I think we overlapped, and all my friends who were in other bands were like, "Yo, I missed some of your set to see Bristol." <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, that's so nice of your friends. I'm I'm nothing, man. I wish I could have seen you guys play, man. I know me too, but but what it what meant what that meant was afterwards I went to the the paradigm show you guys did, either later that day or the next Dude. day. Yes. Yeah, I think that may have been the next evening. Yes. And caught you guys, caught illiterate light, and I was Ooh. blown away with both, dude you yeah seeing those dudes play is like what is that it's insane man literate light uh for anyone that sees this that doesn't know them they're just like a two-piece like genuine rock and roll band and they be, they ended up it's crazy we met them that night and then we ended up getting to like tour with them for a couple more weeks um mm-hmm. later in the year and they become awesome friends they moved to nashville and are like some of the kindest people i ever met um but yeah, they're, dude, I mean, they're beautiful dudes, just like unreal musicians. They make two dudes sound like five, which is crazy. Yeah, easily. And um, and their show's insane, but also like they just seem to enjoy farming and caring about the earth, and then writing good folk songs. You know, dude. <laughs> yeah, they're straight up like mountain men. We went and stayed uh in their hometown in uh shoot, what is that city called? It's like this tiny little town in Virginia. Um. And it like didn't seem real. Like we stayed with some friends of theirs uh, on this barn where like in the morning they literally woke up at like five and went and met up with Illiterate Light to like milk the cows. <sighs> like just made up things. Things that I would like lie about myself doing to try to sound cooler. It's, full, it's a full parallel universe. That's VR. Yes. yes it's, <laughs> it's essentially agricultural VR, which is the douchey. <laughs> I've ever said in my life. I think, I, think <laughs> I don't name these episodes, but I might just name this one agricultural VR. <laughs> you can call it that. I would like that. Oh man. Yeah, that that sounds like, you know, you go around so you you start you start getting some success and you you've been you've been touring like do you did you even have a home base in Nashville really? Cuz you've Dude. been with out with everybody. You've been out with Liz and the Stampede and and uh Cobra Kids and stuff, right? Like yeah, dude. You were basically out straight for like two years or something. Yeah, dude. We were basically gone for like eight months of last year between all the tours we did, which was like, golly, man, especially now being stuck at home. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, it's made me appreciate that period of my life so much more. Like, we we were never home for more than three weeks maybe a month um and then we ended the year with like a two month long run so yeah dude i mean you know luckily for us that is like where i am the happiest and like where and my bandmates at the time like everyone's lives are shifting obviously but um we were all just so on the same page of like this is what we want to do at this period of our lives and um it wasn't even, we didn't even think that much about it. Like, it was just like, we got to play shows, man. Like, we just have to do this. You know what I mean? Like, this is what will keep us happy and alive. So like, yeah, dude, touring was a huge aspect of it. Um, honestly, that South by where we met you guys was like a huge turning point in me realizing how much I just like love that. Like just the community, 
dude. I mean, South by in general, uh, specifically South by was so special. Yeah. I, I definitely like, I, I just, I have so many memories of, it felt we were calling it like, uh, especially that love go show. We were calling that like the Spotify related artists showcase. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Cause it's like everybody, you know, everybody who like we'd ever been online associated with that we yes. got to fall in love with them. And you know, you get to like, be like, we're California. You guys are, you know, Ohio, whatever. Dude, and, but uh, you're all in Texas. When yes. All, all, yeah. There's no laws in Texas, literally. <laughs> Genuinely. And, uh, and the only one is, is you have to, uh, bury your weed before you get here. And then yeah, find some. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only, uh, the only negative thing that happened during South by, and this wasn't even negative. It ended up just being funny was during that love goat show i don't know if you were still around but at some point the drum kit just went missing do you remember that no dude yeah we were like about to play or maybe two bands before us or something and like um the girl running the event who was just like the sweetest uh came in the room and was like hey guys like uh you know there's there's not a drum kit <laughs> anymore. So like we should do something about that. So like, yeah, I think people didn't even play that night cause it got pushed back to like five in the morning. There was a lot of, there was a lot of hangups that day because there was like noise ordinance stuff that wasn't sorted. And yeah. so there was like a fine that got threatened and it was pretty crazy, but it made yeah. for, made for some lawlessness and a lot of fun. And it I was say, very rock and roll. Kind I would of say the night, like maybe, you know, like 14 hours at one bar might be too long. Good God. Yeah, dude. That many bands in one place is like, for the amount of, for the, how big that idea was, the amount of fuck ups was pretty minimal. <laughs> like <laughs> someone should have gotten arrested, but thankfully nobody did. But yeah, I'm, I, I just, I, I can't believe how fun it was and how and everybody was just looking at each other. Like, I don't know, but, but you know, it made for like crazy camaraderie and uh, yeah. And yeah, dude, I, I think you got the right outlook on it. Like I am so excited to be in this period where like touring is, is the, the source of living, you know? Sure. And, uh, and especially after this, like, you know, whatever we get to do after I really hope things come back, you know, in, in a, yeah. in a possible way, but you get to see so much of the world in such a specific way and you get to, uh, I don't know, man, it's just, it's just such a crazy com yeah, community. And then, you know, you go through a city and, you see somebody that you've played with before and you're like, damn, I'm like stoked to see, you know, even your poster, you'll be here tomorrow night. And yeah, all that stuff is beautiful, man. There is nothing like it, dude. I, I just had a really long talk with a friend right before this about, um, I mean, exactly that. But like, I think what, you know, the idea um, that is keeping me just like so happy deep down right now is like, you know, on surface level, things are obviously tough and it's crazy to see the world in a state of confusion and just like discomfort. But think about right now, like if you got a phone call from your friend that was like, yo, dude, like Coachella is happening in a month. We're going to go see Portugal, the man, like <laughs> it wouldn't even like matter, like what band you were seeing, where you were going, but just the thought of like, getting to go with your friends right now to go see a concert like that is going to be insane when it starts happening again so you know, true like it's going to be i keep 
equating it to like Woodstock level, like people are just going to be going bonkers. Like, and uh, you know, it could be a minute before we get back into that routine and that's tough, dude. I mean, that fucking sucks. Like for so many people, but like, but even taking it a step back from what you're saying, like getting the call from your friend who you yeah. haven't seen in a long time and you might not have communicated with as much has been yeah. like a really beautiful thing that, you know, sometimes you don't have the stamina for it. I definitely have been having days where I like, I actually don't want to talk to anybody, even though I haven't seen anybody in a long time, but, yeah, dude. but there's definitely, there's something really exciting about like, I don't know. I'm, I'm taking every second I spend communicating with somebody to heart. And I, and I've been like really putting myself into like even making this show. Cause it, cause I get to talk to people I've wanted to, you know, I just wanted to say, Hey, Brisson, I like your music. Let's talk for a while, you know? And that's yeah, like a man. nice thing we can do now, you know? It's yes. And I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you doing that for so many bands. Cause it means a lot to a lot of people. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, you're totally right. Like you, you just talk differently now. You, you, you're taking these conversations less for granted. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, when I have called my friends, like I haven't had a conversation that was less than an hour during this period of time. Cause just when you realize like compared to how you talk day to day with someone, even someone you love, like it's just so like different now to have so much to say, like we're just spending so much time in our heads and like, getting to express that with somebody and then like you just are reminded how good it feels to listen to somebody talk to you like and to have someone like be honest with you and like share where they're at with you like yeah man i mean it, it is this this not have happened probably in our generation if it weren't for this time that we like are in this position i don't i, I genuinely don't think like we would have had perspective like this if it weren't for this time i don't think so either man i think that's a good point um did you have to cancel your headliner did you guys make it through that before i don't uh, know how the timeline was for you sadly we well we finished the last headline tour we had dates for this upcoming june oh, okay canceled, but we got to finish all of our touring last year okay that's great uh yeah and that was that headliner with was that with the slow caves guys yes yeah yeah slow Cave. do you do y'all know them yeah uh so they they have other buddies from denver named drowsy who are some of my best friends okay so amazing it was a lot of like uh love go was another place where i met them and like you know would be facetiming drowsy and they're like go find the slow caves dudes and like, <laughs> <laughs> and That's it was like weird world convergences you know yes dude it's <laughs> it is this big the entire world is literally this big he's holding he's holding about a tangerine size by the way for for the visual bit it's a small yeah i would say like a cutie yeah <laughs> um yeah dude the slow caves crew are like god dude they're so awesome so oh you're gonna make me sad dude i miss all of these bands so much yeah me too that uh, it, it's a uh, i don't know i get a smile on my face just thinking about um like i mentioned uh harbor is one of the bands that played that same showcase and we met them there okay. and had always been like top related artists and now every time we go to ohio we stay with them and things get very insane and there's just this weird smile you get when you think about that kind of relationship oh dude i know it's literally summer camp like we're adults getting to live a summer camp dream. <laughs> like that's so awesome i'm glad you understand that feeling oh it's it's so specific it is. It truly is, man. It's 
so freaking powerful. Like, do you ever, uh, I'm sure you guys have toured with other bands and stuff like, like, you know, for consecutive legs and stuff. Do you ever go back and listen to like that band's like album or something like that blows my, that's such a crazy feeling. We did a, uh, we did a tour or the last one we got to finish. We were, so, so the way our timeline worked was, uh, we were about to embark on our first co-headliner on March 27th. So we didn't, we didn't oh, get to do that. I know. Damn it, dude. Um, and, uh, and we would have gotten back last week, but oh, wow. the last support tour that we got out on was, um, was like a pop punk tour. And we nice. got out with, with, uh, with this band called the dangerous summer and I'll play along, I'll play drums to their record now that's that's like that's like uh, like playing the beats because that's what you you air do while they're playing yeah. so i know the best oh, 100 and so <laughs> dude yeah you're hitting you're hitting the soft spot for sure man i understand we toured with this band called kobe who are like still one of my favorite bands and mm-hmm. the singer tom like has this real specific like he has a, like an english accent and he sings with this very specific like affectation and when I, I like today, literally I listened to the record and like sang like in his voice <laughs> along with the record, like alone. Uh, Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny, dude? I, I gotten to, I've gotten to the point where I'm listening to bands I know and musicians I know way more than people I don't know, way more than bigger artists. That's crazy you say that. I, I like same. I think it's this weird attachment or like missing it makes me feel like it hasn't been that long since we were out there with them or like seen them but dude yeah i mean my friend one of my best friends devin uh he's in this band called vanisdale and he and i both went through the other day and listened to each other's like discography like start to finish and then we did that with like a bunch of our friends Mm -hmm. and it was just so much fun and just like the number of memories associated with those songs are like unreal. And everybody has that. That's the weird thing. It's like anybody could go back to even someone who's not that passionate about music could go back to like listening to a select handful of songs from like, you know, late teens, early twenties. And like, dude, it punches you in the face, man. Like it's just so like put into those. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, man. It's a, uh, it's been a, yeah maybe it's like nostalgia combined with also like i can i feel like i can dissect my friends music more because i can actually just ask them what they did and i can just text them what'd you you do for this solo and uh and then then, you know you can take those influences and kind of kind of mash it up and and do what you want with it which is um i don't know like a like a unique experience that we get totally uh, that we didn't used to have Yes, a thousand percent, man. I've like talked to my friends about their music more during this time. Like, truly, it's really funny you say all that stuff. It's like an experience. Um. So, so with that tour, you or with last year, you guys were touring way more. And uh, oh, might I add, your bassist is a hell of a performer. <laughs> I'm sure you get that all the time. Old Jackson, yeah, he's he's a handful. He's. Awesome, dude. I love him so much, man. Yeah, your guys' whole thing with the, the three piece, that's why when I saw you guys with Liz was I don't know, yeah, changed since then. But um but you get you get, you get pick some good performers to to dude. join you and it seemed like the right vibe where it's like we can strip it down 
you know, we can play these songs. And what I really like about a lot of your songs is like the dynamic level, you know, it'll get to the rock and roll part. Totally. But it's not really like, it's not, I don't know, like there's a lot of parts where it's like the bass and the, the, like the low Tom is enough for you to like be, be riffing on top of with some verb and some drive. For sure, dude. Thank you, man. Yeah. I, uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I grew up just listening to really a lot of stripped music, a lot of like acoustic based music and um the early rock bands I was I was getting into were never like really big anthem like I kind of worked in reverse like I guess I was really into like um like early country western stuff and like singer songwriter stuff and then I I didn't hit the like rock and roll like Sabbath Zeppelin phase until I was like a good bit older but I found bands like pavement or like built to spill um or like those like kind of early 2000s and like 90s weird like slacker indie bands that were like very just like simple um so i took a lot from that you know what's funny is even in the production style of bands like that it it it's like empty in a good way yeah dude i told i don't mean for that to be offensive no 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 but like pavement stuff sounds really thin in a cool way it sounds like shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying. It's, it's awesome, man. Yeah. I, I never realized that though, when I was younger, like I never cared about that until I got old enough to like, and I still, I'm not, I've never been a big studio guy. Like I don't really know me, much me, about here. That's not really. my, that's not, that's not my forte, even though like I, it's like we studied it and stuff, but it, I, to me, it's like, I want to write a song. I want to put it on a voice memo and I don't want to worry about it until like somebody else can produce it. And sure, dude. Yeah. I, and I want to play it live. That's the other place that I get, you know? Yeah. Totally, man. Yeah. I, I, that is, I feel the exact same way. And that just goes back to the, the bands that I was listening to at that time. Like I didn't, like I didn't know if I was supposed to care about the quality of the recording and shit. So like if I could listen to an Elliot Smith record, that was a four track recording with like two, like a doubled guitar and a doubled vocal, but it still made me like have insane hopes for getting to play music for the rest of my life. Like that's all I gave a shit about. Um, Do you remember, do you remember like a a specific record or track you heard that like blew you away when you're in your formative high school era? Um, I always say white album was the first album that I heard by the Beatles. Uh That was like really flipped me upside down. The Um, thing is there's, there's so much, there's like a, the inspiration like part of an interview is always so funny because you say your same boilerplate thing and you say the thing that's your very favorite but there's so many moments where there's like one song or one little thing that you're like i'm so glad you said that yeah i'm glad you said that i never know because like i i always blank dude i said white album one time and then i've said that in like five years but you same we we get we get asked what our influences are and we just go portugal the man local natives kings of leon the strokes these are the bands that we like but it's like dude yes. no those are the bands that taught you that you like rock and roll yeah. right exactly and then allowed you to like find your own thing but i mean to speak on pavement that was a really really big one mm-hmm. uh yeah the song um grounded by pavement was like this real slow jam that's like just totally like nothing i'd ever heard before um and just like it's like goofy, but it makes you want to cry. And it's just like, that was when I started realizing 
my personality could influence music. Like mm -hmm. that was the first time I'd heard a track um, that was like a hundred percent like, Oh, I want to like be around this guy singing like as a person, like it's not this like unattainable, like this sounds like some kid walking down like a, hallway of a high school just like mumbling to himself and like mm -hmm. I would want to talk to that kid because he'd be funny or weird or something and like that that struck me super hard that you could be transparent that way um, yeah I I, uh, I I definitely was always uh I guess it's been a newer development for me but I was always under the impression that it was like good to sing in metaphor and write in like you know like ethereal yes. kind of like vagueness yeah. And then once I started like meeting people and hearing songs where I was like, that was a really specific thing and it's kind of jarring in a nice way. Yes. That opened up my mind, like blew like blew me away. Totally, dude. Yeah. You should uh I I don't know. Are you a John Prine fan at all? Yeah. Dude, okay. Yeah, he's like a great example of just those real specific and very like rest in peace. Dude, I know. It's man. I was I was a wreck. I literally have oh I don't know where it went, but I had my friend hand stitch this t shirt like with his face on it when really? it happened, like when he passed and stuff. Yeah. Oh that's I was incredible. A real, real, real big fan my whole life and still am. But yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean that feeling of like it's like he just said this thing that I've out loud said to myself that no one would ever understand. Yeah. Um so that's like yeah, dude, you got to take a risk in songwriting of like saying something that is personal, but like nine times out of 10, like someone has had the same thought or feeling. Yeah. I, I uh, when I listen to John Prine, I always think like how many songs could he write with the same chords and roughly the same melody that feel <laughs> different? And how does he keep track of it? Uh, I doubt he, I feel like he had to have some help <laughs> i feel like someone wrote him down i think towards the end of his career he would he would bring his songbook like he yeah. would have to flip him open totally. which is badass if you have enough songs you have to have a three ring binder like uh, yeah that's yeah I love that. and also like there's different people who you know if you're like on a different level it's like okay well we have our teleprompter so we can keep no yeah, dude, exactly. he's got a songbook on a music stand <laughs> no dude he's sitting he's sitting in like a folding chair right now <laughs> on stage like <laughs> oh man um okay so i said i did some digging after watching all the music videos i did peep something special it. oh boy american idol baby tell it me it happened it, it happened. happened and it, <laughs> it will never unhappen. <laughs> I, I feel, I feel there's like, uh, you get to be like, yeah, I did that, but it's no less embarrassing than me playing battle of the bands at, at the Carlsbad high school, uh, community oh, center, you know, relief. Yeah. I'm so <laughs> glad to know that that is a video somewhere. Oh, sure. Yeah. Is. It was, a uh, yeah, dude. I mean, I've, I always like poke fun at it, but it was like such a good experience overall. Dude, and of course. I was so freaking young, man. I mean, I knew I was young at the time, but like I turned 16 halfway through that whole process. So like I was just a kid, man. And so that's so nuts. I'm so thankful, honestly, to have gotten to do that and get my world rocked a little bit and like just see a different it's something different than I'd ever seen and wouldn't have ever seen beforehand. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, dude, it was, it was fun. I got to miss a lot of school. 
Yeah, I bet you did. My favorite thing about that was uh, I checked out, you know, whatever. They give you like 10 fucking seconds, right? And, uh, oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool. Between then and now, what you can hear is you found your strongest asset to me, in my opinion, which is your voice. You have a really strong and really unique voice. Thanks, man. But it's also vulnerable, you know? And like wow, when you. you're young, I mean, I did the same thing because I didn't know how to sing. So I would just like scream through everything. And uh, you're just plowing through, yeah. <laughs> like you're just young, and you're like, I better make them look at me because, you're like, if this isn't loud, then they won't know I'm singing. <laughs> like, yeah, if, they, if they're not scared of me, then <laughs> I still, I actually still do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're talking like we've just like like grown, but no, nah, dude, I'm the same. It's a couple of years if we're honest. We're in our we're in our high school bedrooms right now, dude. <laughs> we can't talk. We're like, yeah, remember when we were young and stupid? You know what's funny is I have the option. I can always take my whole setup to to like an office in this house. And right. I've done that on other interviews, but I was like, I'd rather no, just pull you, the chair in. This is the right you did the right the, thing. I think so too. Um yeah. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I do you remember a moment where you like found your voice and like found quiet and and it's it's so good, dude. It's really like Thank you, man. people That's take notice and, and when you guys great. sing live, you know, it's it, when you guys play live, it's cool when, when the dynamics drop out entirely and it's just you singing. I love that. Thank you, man. I, uh, I guess I, I didn't really learn, um, the impact of, of singing that way. Um, and just the dynamic of a band. Um, so I started just seeing more bands, um, and being moved by those moments. I just, there's no like particular band per se, but like, I do remember just going to shows at this one place in Knoxville called the Bijou theater. Um, and it was like this tiny, it was a theater. So it was supposed to be this real regal thing, but it was only like a 600 or 700 person theater. Um, so when a band got quiet, like you, you just saw them exposed just standing there. And I remember just getting like scared like when bands would do that, I would be like, oh my God, is something wrong? Like they're like just standing there. But then I realized, you know, when they go from this silent moment back to a full band in, like just so impactful. Um, yes. So like seeing, seeing just folk singers and stuff. And like, um, there was a lot of, I grew up around a lot of like folky kind of stuff in Knoxville. So like seeing like old crow or like Willie Watson or like all these like, <laughs> modern bluegrass guys that would just like blow my mind um yeah i just learned how cool it was like and that you could be silent in a room with that many people like how strange of a feeling that is but how like impactful at the same time yeah I i think uh i think that's so so important and uh especially when it's a part maybe on the record that is full yeah. and then you do it differently live or you, Dude. you know, you make a part last longer so that you can really let um, that be a moment. Yeah. I think that's, I don't know, uh, something that takes a while to realize that the, the audience isn't begging you to go full blast every second. And, and that to me is usually what can distinguish a good live band. Totally. From a great one, you know? Well said, man. Yeah. It's a, uh there's this weird period with bands where like they, they get to do that. And I'm so thankful to be like getting to play the kind of rooms that we are, where you get to do that. Like, yes, it's different for like, 
you know, if U2 goes and plays a stadium, like they're at this level where it's like, you have to be just like on a track and just like this huge thing, just filling so much space. But like right now, man, these are like moments that we get to, you know, hopefully like make a physical impression on somebody. If you're in a room with 40 people and you're screaming part of a song and then you just stop and you're standing there and like everyone has this moment where they're forced to kind of recognize what's happening where it's like, that guy was just screaming basically. Yes. Now we're all just standing here and no one knows what to do. <laughs> like that to me is like what live music is about. You know what I mean? Just like a shock to your system. Absolutely, man. I mean, and that feeling, dude, like when you see a show where that happens, man, it's like, there's nothing like it. It's like that same feeling you were talking about of like that smile when you think of your friends from tour. Like mm-hmm. when you think of a show that just like blew your mind, like there's just this like feeling what that you can't explain totally man god uh it's making me miss shows that's the problem i'm just getting upset i'm getting mad (laughs) i understand so i guess i just want to hear about how uh you got atlantic's attention and and how things kind of like catapulted to where you could go from like you know your little world in knoxville or or nashville and turn that into like eight months of touring in a year and 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 you know and growing we got their attention by the luck of the Irish. <laughs> Dude, I I literally did nothing extraordinary um, to to be lucky enough to meet some people that helped us. Um, you know, with the record dealing with the ability to tour. I I was just playing shows, hating like where I was at in my life, dude. And I just happened to play a show in Nashville um, that a guy who's a good friend of mine now um, was at, and he had just started working for Atlantic. um, And he caught the show. He was one of like 15 people there. And um, I mean, it it happened in the most, like it was the most like romanticized, like TV way of like, I was sitting outside afterwards just being like, what is my life? And he was like, here's my card. Oh, and that's classic, dude. That's so fun. It was like, dude, I think he <laughs> was cooler than that. He didn't just say, here's my card, but no, but I guess but, that would be cool. <laughs> no, I think, I think in the fantasy, he was wearing aviators at night with the goot jacket on. Yeah. And pulled the and card out he, of a breast pocket. Yes. He had to put down his cane, his <laughs> yes. like gold studded cane, and like tip his hat. Yeah. He's also 72. For some he's reason. 72 and he's 90 feet tall <laughs> <laughs> and people are like whoa i i didn't notice that guy in the building had i not noticed him inside <laughs> they're like hey man did that guy pay at the door yeah <laughs> um, yeah but it was basically almost as insane as all those things happening it just happened dude it was just incredibly lucky man i've just played a lot of shows and um yeah before i knew it they were giving me a chance to make a record and I had some amazing friends um, have some amazing friends who were willing to hit the road with me. Um, and I, I told him from the get go, I was like, I, I don't know what I can offer you guys as a label other than like touring art, my ass off. Like, you know, I just, I like to make records and, and just be around people, man. I, because of music, like I like to share that. Dude, it's apparent. I mean, there's so many things that um, when it gets to like a label level get manufactured in a certain way because they're like, we know this, this works. And, and so 
I think it is credit to you and credit to whoever, whoever like was, you know, your buddy who was there. Cause, cause you can be honest in that way and, and it comes through and, and people can relate to it. And, and, Thank you. you know, uh, I don't know. I just found me enjoying your music so much and knowing that like my buddies who are at the same show were like, Oh yeah, Brisson ripped. And that, that was a great set <laughs> means that like, I don't know. There's, there's just like an earnestness to being like that honest and that, and that like, I think it's just, it, it's good to let it go a little bit and just be like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I like music. I <laughs> like it. So fuck it, right? Yes. Well, that's incredibly kind, man. It takes one to know one. I felt the same way when I met you guys. It was cool to just meet another group of people. That it's like you you can just tell when you meet someone, man, what what they're there for. And it was so cool to see you guys just having a good time. And like, oh, cheers, man. That's that's all it's about, dude. I mean, it's it's literally like transparency is so important to me. Like. I it, I don't know, man. It's just, I feel like if you're playing music and making records and playing shows, like the longer you refuse to look at the truth and like own up to what you really are, just like the harder your fall is going to be someday. You know what I mean? Like I want to treat it every opportunity I can. I mean, it's so much easier said than done. I sound like I've mastered this or something, but like <laughs> I'm far from it, but like, you know, yeah, dude, just like treating every opportunity you get to play for someone like for what it is, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're sharing something with somebody and like, you can't take that for granted. Yeah. Well, I think you can, you can like smell what people are there for. I think that's why South by it was so nice. Cause it was nice to see so many people at a similar level, just enjoying yeah. being there. Dude, we all had the exact same dream. Like yeah. literally, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And, and, uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's something about the unofficial showcases that remind you, like, you know, there's there's this party happening here, and there's this other thing happening down the street that is technically right. the same, but yeah. that one's got a lot more stickers. <laughs> <laughs> they have a drum kit at the other one. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm sure, yeah. by the way, the only reason you guys didn't have a drum kit was because the person who said they'd have the house kit was like, this is taking forever. We're just going to go. No, I think that's what happened. They were like, 100%. We, they're like, we got to go play in Dallas tomorrow. Like, <laughs> like we can't yeah. be here. We got to get to Denton, dude. I didn't even know <laughs> this show was happening. <laughs> we're playing a college show in, in Denton tomorrow. Um, <laughs> Which, by the way, is paying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're paying us two grand and feeding us Chick-fil-A. <laughs> God, I love college shows, man. That shit's the best. Dude, it's insane. I don't get it. Like, it's like they're aware that they're being too nice to you, but they don't right? care. Like every time you play one. Yeah, we did um we did one one time and it was early in the career. And they asked us how much money we wanted. And I said a number. And they said yes so fast I realized I could have doubled it without winking. And you're like, oh yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh. so funny, dude. <laughs> and uh, without blinking, I said winking, whatever. <laughs> without uh-huh. <laughs> double they're like do you mean half yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, and they feed you every time fuck yeah they do they hook you up sometimes i like it when they let you eat from the school cafeteria <laughs> have you ever done that mm-hmm. yeah that's a great feeling man yeah it, it reminds you too you're like oh yeah this was fun you know school cool. oh yeah you get to pretend like you're the cool kid in school <laughs> when you go back to a college to play. You're like, I pay tuition, no classes. How does that work? <laughs> like, I don't even have a backpack, dog. 
<laughs> that's a really cool kid. <laughs> yes, that's the coolest guy. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to run you through my questions that I ask everybody real quick. All right, All right. So can you think of the best show you ever played? Best show you ever played? Mm-hmm. Oh. Or one of them. Okay. I think a night that we all really felt good about it was the last show of our tour uh, in Nashville. Mm-hmm. We got to play at the Exit Inn hometown show, end of the night, and it was like we were like floating the whole time. It yeah. was awesome. So much fun. Yeah. Um, Exit Inn. Is it, is it still up? I know a lot of stuff got torn down with that tornado. Exit Inn is still there. I'm not sure. I think nothing – no notable places in Nashville have, have shut down yet. I heard I heard Basement East got torn up. Well, oh shit! With the storm, yeah, that was brutal, dude. Yeah, that demolished that place. But the number of people who helped, like yeah. they raised enough money to rebuild it. In That's like, amazing. In like three days, dude. Like, oh man, unreal. So yeah, but when that happened, man, that was we. Well, I dude, like full circle. Um, Illiterate Light played there two nights before that, mm-hmm. and we all sang a song together, like a th- for their last song of the set. So, like, me and a bunch of friends from Nashville all were up there with them hanging out, and then two days later, this tornado comes through and completely obliterated. That's de- was it growing down? It sounds like it would be growing down. Dude, oh yeah, big time. Perfect. We didn't even really sing it; we just ran around on stage. I played an <laughs> unplugged acoustic guitar and just screamed at people. So That's so great. <laughs> have fun yeah um we did uh yeah the only places i've played in nashville are the end and okay yeah and, yeah and basement east and uh, nice mm. and i know and basement east was the we were touring with the Mowgli's. it was the last show of the tour and oh was, wow dude that's crazy and uh it was just i don't know just really fun you know we got chicken that tore our, tore our thumbs up and yeah had a oh great yeah time. you did that's oh, the national experience, dude. Yeah, and for the last show of a tour, I like to be um I like to be a fanboy of everybody on the on the run. So I'll get, you know, a hat from one band and a shirt Get merged out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I have my slow caves t shirt hanging out in my closet right now. Yeah. That's the way you gotta do it. And I like to play in their in their merch for the last show. <laughs> oh, that's so badass. Have you ever played in your own merch? I can't do it. No, dude. No one should. <laughs> hey, I I know people that do. Okay. Yeah, I know. I felt bad saying that as soon as I said it. No, 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 no. I don't. I didn't say that accusatorily. <laughs> I said it to you because I want to be on board. I don't know what I want. I just I'm not on board, and I don't I, know if I, I want that. No, yeah. I'm not on board, and I want them to. I do enjoy admire themselves. people who can be that, like down with it. I've we did have we have trucker hats. And I've worn one of those before, but it was pretty clearly a joke. But okay, I think you can like your own merch, and you I, can you should right, and you, you, <laughs> you should, should. and you can, wear your, you can wear your merch at home. I'm wearing it during yes. the quarantine. So. Oh yeah, dude, I've got my like the double XL shirts out right now for like lounging mm-hmm. around, dude. Yeah, that's but, a comfort. But stage and even honestly, even walking around Los Angeles, I'm not down. <laughs> no dude you can't walk around because what if someone what you run the risk of someone saying who is that and then you have to say it's my band uh, no dude they're gonna knock you out on the sidewalk right there yeah and then you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna do that like throw up in your mouth thing yeah <laughs> oh you know the thing yes 
Um, <laughs> okay what about worst show can you think of a really bad show you guys oh played? dude yeah one of the first shows i ever played with jack our bassist mm-hmm. uh, we had a different drummer we were like both i was like 19 he was 18 and we both uh were pretty inebriated at the time and uh we played this house show in this house that didn't have ac in the middle of summer it was literally like 90 degrees in the room we were both not even halfway like on earth, if that makes any sense. <laughs> and the first first uh, song, I broke a string and then we finished the song and I kid you not, I looked over and Jack wasn't there. And I was like, what is happening? And then I kind of like start to look and he's like walking off the stage. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? And he was like, he was like, we're done, right? Because we were both so intoxicated that he was like, he was like, it's over, right? And I was like, dude, we played one song, Jack. Like this was, and it was a horrible performance at that. So <laughs> he got back on stage and we played like five more songs of just pure debauchery. Yeah. And then of course we like went back to school the next week and everyone was like, how was your show? And we we're like, oh, it was honestly a huge step. Like we felt really confident up there. But it was like the worst we've ever played. <laughs> Hilariously, dude, like sometimes it's about the perception and the fact that you just played a show and that people oh, like, yeah. don't know that you played a show and they're like, hey, man, they'll give you a call and be like, yo, tour looks amazing. And you're like, yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Sure. Like, you're like the picture that you saw looked awesome. <laughs> yeah, 100%. God, that shit's, that shit's so brutal. Uh, it is, dude. I, I feel bad asking that question but i think it's so important that everybody knows that we all have terrible shows all the time dude like 40 to 80 percent of the time <laughs> <laughs> and it starts to go away the longer you play but but they still creep up on you or or the other thing is when you think you had the worst show of all time and somebody else in your band was like that was amazing sure we have that a lot we individually one of us almost all of us like each night there'll be one of us that is bummed like and it's always it's just never accurate like whoever feels that way is always wrong like it's you know (laughs) but it just it's yeah it's such a mental thing dude like funny dude it's it's totally that we have that a lot and it's and it's we're never on the same page about what our best shows were and 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 when you think you played the worst our people are like your energy was insane yeah dude it's so you are the own worst critic thing is very true. Yeah. Very, very accurate. That's why you just got to shake the hand and be like, thanks man. Appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? sure. Yes. In your own band t-shirt and just be like, yeah, I know. We <laughs> rocked. You want to buy this? I'll give it to you. I'll sign it. <laughs> just take this. Um, okay. So I'm just going to go through a couple things like greatest lessons you've learned about these topics. So greatest lesson okay. you learned about writing. Hmm. Uh, I think this is an Eddie Vedder thing, mm-hmm. uh, but continue. He's a badass. Uh, he said to finish everything you start, um, which is impossible. But when you're trying to do that, I think it makes uh, for really positive results. Like I'll get so frustrated trying to finish an idea that I'll start. You know, I'll be like, okay, I'll come back to that in 20 minutes. And then just start messing around for 10 minutes on the side and end up writing a song then that I love. 
so like i think just committing uh songwriting wise is really cool and also there are literally no rules so you can do whatever the fuck you want to <laughs> i think so two things on that one is that that's been something I've been hearing more and I'm trying to do it more because I have in the past been very uh, guilty of half-written songs that never finished. And um, I guess I'm accepting that a song can be short if I don't want to take it anywhere else or like nothing else is wrong. You have to accept that like, okay, this can be a little song. That's okay. Totally. Um, I agree. The other thing I'm having an issue with is sometimes when I'm struck with an idea and I'm not home and I don't have any instrument and I want to get a stanza down. Oh, how are you approaching that? Because that shit's hard. Because like you want to finish the idea, dude. You don't have the resources. I get those are honestly not great moments in my day where I will get obsessive over it. Like if I have an idea, like that I think is like okay or like if i'm excited about something i will not stop thinking about it until i get it down like i will click on in my brain like just repeat over and over and like have the whole song a lot of a lot of times i'll I'll finish songs in my head before i sit down to like even pick up an instrument to play them so but i mean it comes at the cost of like literal insanity at times but yeah that's that sucks dude especially like when you get somewhere that you're like i'm not gonna be home for like hours like and yeah but i yeah i've started just like holding on to it really tightly and trying that because for a while i would just be like well it'll stick with me if it needs to stick with me yeah but which is true too i think honestly i want to change my answer that's the biggest lesson is if it's gonna work out it's gonna work out well i think i think it, it they both have merit because it's 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 totally fair and it's very possible you start to get obsessive and you like i got hit with an idea when i was like going for a walk and i was specifically at the furthest point and i was like yeah, okay exactly so i need to voice memo this and then remember what i was thinking on the walk and drive back home dude yes uh i've oh that's such a specifically <laughs> shitty situation that i have lived through so many times <laughs> And, and, you know, it's happened to me multiple times and, you know, the past two, one of them was good and it, and it, and it became a thing. And the other one honestly nice. sucked and, and I couldn't even yeah. remember what I was thinking. So <laughs> whatever. You know? both are equally strong feelings. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But, but then you, then you doubt, you know, cause you go, what if that one that sucked didn't suck? Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> that is what you do. <laughs> You're correct. We're neurotic, yeah. dude. We're a bad That's a horrible thing. I know. We need to talk to more people who can help us. <laughs> All right. What about greatest lesson about touring? Ooh. Um, do not take things personally from the people you're touring with and never take it too seriously. Uh, that's a double answer. But mm-hmm. always, like, I just started trying to think of everything in – the light of like, I know six months from now, even if I'm having a shitty day on the road, like I know six months from now, I'm going to be wishing more than anything that I could do this again with my friends right now. Yes. So I want to remember this as a positive experience that sadly I learned the hard way because I used to be so stressed on tour a lot of times, just like way too uptight. Um, That's me, man. Really? I'm the I'm the uptight one. I'm on the uptight side. My band's kind of split in two, where there's two guys who are a little looser and don't care as much about appeasing everybody, and then two of us are like, get in the van, let's wake up at five. Like I I'm the one 
I'm I'm the stress ball and I'm like the the like person, you know, uh, TMing things and and yeah. and just. Do you, do you TM for you guys? I do, but but we're doing everything on such a small scale right now that it's not that bad. And I know that if I give up the reins, I'm still gonna like micromanage. So you know, something I got to work on. But right, dude. No, nah, it's I I was the exact same way. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's a bitch. It's a it's like. It's just a personality type, and then you take that on the road, and and I'm yeah. I'm I'm working on calming down. That's I know uh, a a mountain that that I have to climb. It it takes so much time. It's just because you care, and like I feel the same way. It's just because I want it to be fucking perfect, but it never will be. And I would so much rather make it the best it could be, and also have friends at the end of it. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? Yeah, I mean, I would I would assume not to put words in your mouth, but I would assume so much of that comes with the fact that it's under your name. And these are friends that are, you know, in a sense doing you a solid, even though you're bringing them out and they're doing the thing that they love, you want to make sure everybody is happy, you know, fulfilling these songs that you wrote. Right. Totally, man. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I'm, I'm really lucky to be with dudes who are attentive to that and like mm-hmm. totally understanding that like, this is my project, which like took me so long to even be able to say, um, but like that is completely separate from my friendships with them because it's completely, it's just completely different. Um, so like, like, yeah, dude, I want to serve them as a friend. They want to serve these songs because I love them. And like, that's their way of showing me love in return. And like, yeah, dude, I mean, it takes time to get to that point, but like we definitely, I've been through a lot as a group of people, but like, once you can get to that point, it's it's so satisfying, dude. It's so nice. Of course, man. And you can see it. You can see the love when you guys are up there. You guys are all having oh, fun and, and creating as much of a world as each of you can within the yeah. world that you're making together, you know? Dude, that's a huge compliment. Thank you. Um, greatest lesson about performing? Mm, probably the transparency thing, man. Just like you don't you don't get to do that very much you don't get to stand in front of a group of people and say exactly what's on your mind yeah so do that and like you have to be willing to like be uh what's the word assertive and like say what you need to say it it doesn't have to be like aggressive but like yeah dude i think just getting in front of people and being willing to like take that moment and put it in your hands for a second. is like a huge thing that I learned and just be like, I don't know, dude, I think of it as like, I'm getting to go up in front of these people and take that opportunity to, um, to try to spread as much positivity as possible. Even if it's in a sad song or in a frustrated lyric, like you just have to be able to get that point across and just do that from your, from a good place and just like get it out i don't know if that makes any sense no it totally does man that sad song and that frustrated lyric are oftentimes what people relate to you know and what people love like like the you know the happy stuff works too of course and and they they all work together but yeah i think you know that vulnerability and that transparency i think um if you can really express that right that's that's when people like I don't know, feel, feel a relationship to, to you as an artist and to the music at the same time, yeah. which, is, which is great. Totally, dude. Um, I guess while I have you, I'm just kind of curious how you, can you tell me about 
either fool's gold or small talk like one of the tracks that i like i want to hear you know how oh, how you. it came about and uh and yeah like, man i don't know what are some of your favorites that are out with you know what, um, what are you like excited about in the set dude um both of those are are very like fun for me to play um just because they're super like literal to me like they're both about like interactions those are both ones i wrote after having like specific things happen so like small talk i ran into a friend um that i hadn't seen in a while and then had this like crazy conversation and then just drove home and like basically just wrote the conversation down and then um fool's gold was like um (laughs) we're having a party at my house uh which i don't always love and then (laughs) um i was standing outside talking to this guy and he was like telling me about how like fucked up he got on fourth of july and i i stopped drinking a couple years ago mm-hmm. and stuff so how long i was like uh it's been a little over two years since i i drank so congrats um, man I'm, I'm sober as well so oh nice man dude congratulations to you too. oh uh ne- never started so i had i had the easier route but oh cool that's yeah. i mean not i wouldn't say easier <laughs> equally as tough man yeah, um, different different story but yeah go for it truly man yeah um but yeah so it was uh <laughs> it was like standing here listening to this guy trying very hard to be sober <laughs> tell me about his how fucked up he got on fourth of july uh and then i just went into my bedroom during this like, party and wrote that song because i was like i can't be here <laughs> in front of all these people right now um I very much relate to that feeling. It, mine in the same way where it's like, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't drink, never have, don't do any drugs. Yeah. And, and so like, uh, I don't know. You can just, you get bored quickly of the yeah, whole scenario. Dude. No, man, I can't. Yeah. I mean, I was a part of it for so long mm-hmm. that it was such a reality check to like go to events sober and just be like, what this kind of sucks like these people are just acting crazy like i'm not gonna have a real conversation with anybody um so yeah i that's a weird weird feeling so that's kind of what that's about um did you was there a specific like moment or reason that you you felt like it was time to give that stuff up um i definitely like just started spiraling man i just like was was not happy which is losing a lot of just friendships and just like a lot of, you know, things that I had had before. Um, and so, yeah, I just was like, my family and I were both just ready for like it to get better. So. Well, congratulations, yeah, dude. Thanks, man. I mean, it, it's a thing, but it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very no, thankful. I, I, I apologize. I cut you off, but it's just, it's so, no, you're fine. it's, um, it would have made it touring this much so much fucking harder yeah well said man i i don't it takes a special person to be able to live that way on the road and like i mean some people can do it like they really can yeah um but like it yeah it comes at a cost no matter who you are even if it is like not specifically a bad thing at that time like at some point it changes your your experience with life um which is like yeah, man. It just I couldn't handle it ultimately. But yeah. Well, good for you, dude. Uh thanks, man. Um uh, I kinda I kinda took it away from the song, but so so it sounds like both of those were lyrics lyrics first kind of vibe for you. 
Um, it was kind of both at the same time. It was very like um, musically for those that are both like pretty simple. So Definitely, yeah. yeah, man, it was more just like kind of putting some chords behind mm-hmm. those like stories that I wanted to tell. But uh, you, you got like the real, you got your, your Spotify wave and whatnot on <laughs> freaking out, you know, Dude, you, okay. Thank you for saying that. The result, <laughs> the reason that, the streams have increased was because of a TikTok, apparently. Really? <laughs> That's incredible. Really? Bob, dude, I'll take it. Apparently the song got, yeah, put on some dude's TikTok. Um, <laughs> he was like a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, for some reason, it got in front of a lot of people and it's it's so funny that that's what's happening now like uh i just talked to a buddy of mine who was like yeah my song's like in the millions on tiktok and like now i'm like in the ranks with dua lipa and i'm like (laughs) that's insane (laughs) he's like i just bought an audi (laughs) (laughs) he's like i didn't need it i already had the other audi (laughs) i crashed my other car so i could literally buy a fiat (laughs) this is great yeah dude it's so strange that's so funny. I mean, it's it's weird. I don't get TikTok yet, and I know that that makes me like the rest of the twenty something year olds who are just saying that they're older than it. But <laughs> no, nah, dude, I I'm the same way. It's like I get it. Like I I think I understand what it is, but I think it makes me feel sick. So I don't like it. <laughs> to me, it seems like Vine centered around music. Yeah, it's like it's Vine for like a different generation of kids that like yeah are less like into what Vines were. Like it's so much more like cultural, I guess, or just like uh like media centered. Like it's so much more about like the influencer shit mm-hmm. and like. That's so weird to me, man. Yeah, I think it's a different, it's just a different type of entertainment. But now I want some TikTok attention. So, you know, it well, works. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm talking shit on it, dude, but it makes me feel like gold. You're not. I mean, and there, there's some that are funny. And my, my, <laughs> I do like some, yes. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know what my goal was when I started, when I, when I barked down the TikTok tree with you. <laughs> do you secretly work for TikTok and you're trying to get me to, no joke, my buddy just interviewed at TikTok this week. No way. Mm-hmm. To do what? Uh, I'll have to check in. I'll have to ask how his interview I would like to know. Yeah, send me a follow-up email on there. He said <laughs> he said it went... Okay, so he, he's moving on to the second round, but he said the first round went went as such. Uh, <laughs> he, he, did his, uh, he did his phone interview, or his FaceTime interview. Right. And the lady said, why do you want to work here? And he said, I actually like the product a lot. I make TikToks myself. And her response was, huh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't make that up. That's perfect. That's exactly what someone who works at TikTok would say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so awesome. That's great. Um, th- okay. I think, I think I asked all the questions. You feel good? feel great, man. That was yeah. awesome. Thanks for doing this. Dude, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. So the one other thing is I've been having people play tracks acoustically for, for the oh, intro and outro. Um, yeah. Could you do like just a, a couple of voice memos of songs and send them to me? Dude, I would love to do that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, thank yeah. You, man. Uh, Dude, for sure. Let me know if there's any specifics that you want. If you want me to do Fool's Gold or something, I can do. I think, I think that'd be awesome if you did Fool's Gold for one of them and then whatever you want for the other. 
Yeah, dude, that'd be great. I would love to. Thanks, Yoon Suk. <laughs> the least I could do. Dude, thank you for having me. That was super writer. fun. Yeah, yeah, same, dude. That was like some good rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. All right, later, man. All right, dude. Take it easy. Well, that guy's the best, isn't he? All right, y'all. You know the drill. Thanks so much for coming by. I appreciate the support. Uh, we're going to close it out with one of my favorite songs that Briston has written. Uh, like, subscribe, share. Go to bandzoogle.com. Please enjoy Fool's Gold by Briston Roney. Hate to say it, but I think I'm getting too old For conversations that my mind won't even let me hold Your attention isn't worth my weight in fool's gold Wanna let go, can I let go? Started talking and you couldn't look in my eyes Told me stories about you drinking on the 4th of July Every little truth that turned into a big lie Why do I try? Why do I try? I hold my breath too I fall asleep well Be there when I wake Maybe we can take some Who says I've got to stay in line I'm so sick of these city lights Everything here is black and white I don't know where I went wrong But I surely did tonight Music playing too loud All the kids dressed in black Really getting me down Mother warned me about Hanging with the wrong crowd Gotta get out Gotta get out Don't give a fuck If you intended to ignore me Wish that I could close my eyes And just go back to sleep That's your best friend She's passed out in the back seat. She needs you more than me If I fall asleep with My hopes held high Will they be there when I wake? Maybe we can take some time Move out west where we can do this right still keeps the time who says I've got to stay in line so sick of these city lights everything here is black and white I don't know where I went wrong but I surely did tonight Thinking my head Let's just listen to some music And go back to bed Probably didn't hear A single word that I said Just forget it Until the morning